You are listening to the Up Level Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Froelich, a business coach and strategist who helps female entrepreneurs uplevel their business with practical strategies, a rewired mindset, and the accountability to make it stick. With over 15 years of collective hands-on experience in corporate and the entrepreneurial space, I bring a unique and diverse perspective when it comes to helping women grow their businesses. My own business experienced massive growth when I started investing in my business and working with a coach. Now I am here to share those same strategies and insights with you right here week after week. If you are looking for clarity on your business direction and accountability on your goals, then you are in the right place. Let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the Up Level Lounge podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Froelich, and I am super excited because today I have my dear friend, Paula, with me. She is such a dream, and I met her in the mastermind that we're both part of, and we just, I think, we're soul sisters based on our love for developing teams and operations, and I actually just got done recording a podcast with her, and so it's such a delight to have her on the show. And the two things I'm putting her on the spot a little bit here, but I'm like, Hey, the two things I really want to dive into is speaking to, I feel like the biggest objections and scarcity mindset issues that I get with the two types of clients I work with the most. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And then we're probably going to go on some tangents about some other fun things that come up. But before we do that, I would love for you, Paula, to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and just kind of let us get to know you a little bit. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me here, first of all. As you can tell from my accent, I'm Australian, so I'm all the way over in Australia, and it's so amazing to be connecting and being here today. And yeah, as as Melissa just said, we just recorded a podcast on mine, and I'm excited to be talking to your people, and yay! I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm a hiring and leadership coach, and what that means is that I help fast-growing entrepreneurs build teams that feel amazing. So we've probably all heard the horror stories where you might have a bunch of people around you, but it doesn't feel great. So I help fast-growing entrepreneurs avoid, I guess, that reality by getting really clear and strategic with who you need to hire as your first person and really designing a team that suits you, your unique leadership style, the unique business that you're trying to build and what you want your life to look like including the life that has a business. So so that's what I do. My previous life and time has been as a corporate recruiter. I've spent lots of time doing lots of different things, but fundamentally for the last 15 years, I've been in the recruitment and HR space, helping businesses from every different industry that you can think of with businesses, small and large, really just getting this oh so important thing right. Who should you hire? What should your team look like? And what does it need to look like to make you CEO, the entrepreneur, feel amazing along the way. I love that. I, we are so, so lucky to have you here today because I have so many questions. I'm writing stuff down. So (laughs) I have a question before we get into all the other questions, what percentage of the people that you end up working with have tried to DIY it, meaning do it, do it yourself hiring. And they're like, I got this so wrong, or this was a disaster. And then they come to you to be bailed out versus the entrepreneur who just is like, a dream and rolls up and says, help me hire. Like what Mm -hmm. part of that is helping undo some of the mistakes of doing it the wrong way? Yeah. I I look, I think most of my clients have jumped into hiring on their own. 
And that's not necessarily a mistake. I guess it's all just part of the journey, isn't it? We, we, we learn as we go, we plug people into our business, we explore. We, we, sometimes we can only work out what feels good by doing. And I would say that, you know, 80 to 90% of the clients that I work with have hired before and had some sort of experience that hasn't always been positive. So they're either looking to for my support to rehire or get it right the next time or they're sitting with a bunch of people around them that doesn't feel great. Often there's resentment, a whole bunch of disappointment and stuff sitting in their belly and they're in that whole, is it me, is it them phase or frame and they're trying to work out, you know, in theory, I've got these five, six, seven people supporting me. How come it doesn't feel good? I love that you use the word feel several times because that is so important. You can have it mapped out to a T and think that you know what the role is going to be, or somebody has told you, you need to hire this person. But if you're not trusting how it feels like it feels, it feels like it comes off of the tracks so quickly. So I love all of that. I am curious. All right. So when I think about my clients and the people that I work with, right, I, I work with the established entrepreneur who is already making multiple six figures, seven figures in their business. And often they are a solopreneur or they have one team member. And so they often come ready to hire. That's part of the work, right? In terms of scaling. So many people come to me and they want to scale their business. Like I don't do the hiring, but part of it is the exploration. And they're like, okay, I think I need to hire this role. Right. And they're ready and they have the resources. So that's one person I want to explore. And and specifically some of the things that you see in terms of challenges, right. The, the ways that they get it wrong. And this isn't meant to like go at it from a scarcity mindset point of view or, or discussion today, but it's like, I want to normalize some of the ways that people are getting it wrong so that more people can do it right. So there's that person that we're going to talk about. Then we're going to talk about the person who is maybe hitting their first six figures in business, hitting those consistent 10 K months, but they're starting to feel that heaviness and they want to hire a team member, but they're not necessarily rolling in the profit yet in terms of they have a lot of scarcity around what if I can't afford this? What if this impacts my profit margin? Right? So two different things, but we're basing this around the resistance that's coming in terms of, of the things that either they get wrong by going too fast or the fears of what if this doesn't work out. So let's talk about the person who is that solopreneur first, and they have the cash flow and they have been DIYing it themselves and they can hire, but they're like, ready to just jump in and hire somebody like what are some of the the common maybe red flags or pain points that you have to help them overcome to get to that that feel good hire so first of all congratulations awesome for being where you are and and let's acknowledge ourselves for for that like and i guess <laughs> the the next step is then to to invite in it feeling more easeful so you know allowing yourself to go it doesn't need to feel this hard it's okay to get support and starting to move forward that way. And then we start to, and I guess the big, the big mistakes that I see is replicating what somebody else has done, mm. looking around at a colleague or a, another business or someone you admire on Instagram and going, okay, well, look, they just hired a social media manager. Maybe I'll get me one of those. That's yes. def- definitely one of the biggest like mistakes. And I know it can feel I know it can feel really like easy and tempting, but it's a band-aid. It's I'm going to use what they're using or I'll use the person they're using or I'll go and hire one of them because they did and they're talking about it on their socials. You've really got to look at where am I at now 
and where am I taking my business and what other what skills and experience do I need to support my business to go from here to there and then also looking at the role and the things that you're doing and looking at well do I need to be doing all these things what can I hand over just because I've done it to date just because I'm capable just because I know how to do this just because I can do it with my eyes closed does it need to be me anymore and, you know, we need to ask ourselves as, as the entrepreneur and the CEO, that question when we're first hiring that first person, what don't I need to do? What can I hand over? What do I need to let go of? But we also need to ask ourselves that all the time. You know, mm-hmm. what more can I hand over? How do I free up more time? You know, you might be thinking to yourself, I know last year I was quite attached to X, Y, and Z in my business. Maybe it was like, you know, doing the socials, posting the stories myself, whatever it is, but actually do I still need to be as attached to that thing? Does it really need to be me? Absolutely. Hands down. The biggest mistake I see is hiring somebody or adding someone into your business because someone else has done that and not really looking at your unique business plan, your vision, your style, and going forward from that grounded place. I love that. Yes, I see that so often. I've even felt it. I mean, we'll be in our mastermind talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, maybe I need that person. And it's imposter syndrome flaring up, right? In terms of like, oh, that person has that. I don't have it. I I need this thing in order to also be validated as this, this level of business owner or whatever it is. And it's shiny object syndrome. It's a lot of different things that can pop up. So I think being really clear with yourself and coming back to what's the vision of the business and what is it I truly want and doing it the right way instead of the fast way and doing it because it feels strategic and it's bringing the vision to life instead of like, this feels exciting and new. And this is, you know, a a new, a new thing that I get to say that I'm doing right. Making sure there's alignment is really what I'm trying to get to. So then when we switch to the person who is really desiring it. They're identifying. And and I see this a lot because I coach a lot of women who are service providers and are moving more into a consulting role or coaching and they're scaling their business, right? So they're, they're more strategic and a little bit more aware of the fact that they need to hire, you know, before they're ready, but also the bank account, the bank account is, is coming into play. And it's like, I'm, I'm generating this revenue and yes, I know I need support, but I can probably do this a little bit longer on my own, but also knowing that if they do invest that they can grow. And so it's that dance that they're kind of stuck in. So how do you help that person kind of feel more empowered about hiring when it's really about the scarcity of parting with money? So there's a question that I ask, or I get everybody that works with me to answer when we're moving forward on a hiring path. And that is, if only I didn't have to do what, then I could get on with blank. So Mm. if only I didn't have to do what, then finally I'd be able to get on and do what. And, you know, really sitting with that, closing your eyes and thinking, what are all the things that are currently stopping me or taking up my time or holding me back? And if they weren't there, what would I be able to start doing? And usually that thing that we see is a revenue generating activity. It's a marketing activity. It's a, it might even be a cost saving activity, might be a systemization or something like that. And by getting that clarity from the outset, that helps us find our ROI, our return on investment. So if I spend money getting somebody to do these things, then I'm freeing up my time, which will allow me to go and do this thing which will potentially add what to my business. So, you know, if I'm able to shop more on Instagram, if I'm able to shop more on stories, if I'm able to spend more time creating beautiful content that connects with my audience, then I'm going to attract more clients. So you get to see 
that direct connection between your spend and your return. Now, I recommend that everybody does that. It doesn't matter if you're feeling tight from a cash flow perspective or you're feeling really abundant from a cash flow perspective. It, it's good business, you know, really getting good business sense for every investment that you make in your business. Every time, you know, you spend money, it's like, where's it? How's it going to help me grow, basically? Mm-hmm. So the first question, if only I didn't have to do what, then finally I'd be able to get on with what. And then the, the second sort of layer or the second question to that is if only I knew how to do what, then finally we'd be able to get on with what? Yes. So if only I knew how to pitch in a different way to clients, if only I knew how to set up tagging properly, if only I knew how to create an automated, like whatever it is that you wish you knew, then what would that allow you to do? Go and explore what, reach out to people, bring in what revenue, add new products, whatever it is. Again, creating that link. So that's probably the big thing that I get everybody to do. And then hiring from that grounded place of this is how much it's going to cost me. This is what I'm going to go and focus on doing. And this is how long it might take somebody to reasonably learn or pick up or get mm-hmm. into a rhythm of what I'm going to hand to them so that, you know, and, and being realistic from the, from the outset and coming up with a little bit of a plan around that. So perhaps it's going to take a month for this person to ask a whole bunch of questions and fully get in a rhythm of scheduling all my social media or whatever it is that you're handing over so that when their first invoice comes in after one week, you don't suddenly panic because you're like, no, no, it's going to, I always knew it was going to take about a month before we got in a rhythm and this, you know, any sort of little feelings that you come up along the way that helps you sort of ground back down when you're starting to feel nervous about cash flow and the spend. That's super helpful. And I think you touched on something really important, having realistic expectations of results, right? And and back in my OBM days, online business manager days, really being able to confidently communicate that, like, here's what it's going to look and feel like in month one, month two, month three. And, and truly it's going to take six months till it really feels like we've been doing this for years together. There is going to be a learning curve. And it's amazing to me how many people didn't automatically acknowledge that. But when I had the conversation, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm so glad you brought that up. The expectation is somebody's just going to be able to jump in and do this, forgetting that, you know, this is a craft that you've created over doing the same things lots and lots of times. And I think the other thing to remember is the realistic expectations around even the most dedicated employee or dedicated team member is not going to be able to love your business the way you do. Just like people can't love your children the way that you love them. And I think that that's so important to remember. And the only reason I say that is because I was on the other side of this for a really long time. And I loved my clients and I loved their businesses and I would do everything that I could and be in, but it's nothing like how I love my business, right? So really being able to be honest with yourself about that, that like there needs to be some reasonable expectations. So do you ever find yourself having those conversations with people where it's like, let's have a little reality check here. Can we talk about that for a minute? Definitely. And I think that can be huge for for both those different types of people, whether you've got cash flow or you don't have cash flow, is is to acknowledge that you're probably operating at that unconscious competence level where, you know, you've been doing this so many times that we get a little bit that you can get really like almost dismissive about Mm -hmm. how long it's going to take, how much detail there is involved in it. And so often when we hand something over, we can accidentally sabotage the person being successful by our dismissiveness. 
if you're posting your own socials, if you're writing the content, creating an image and posting your own socials and say you're doing that end-to-end process yourself and you hand that over to somebody and you look at it and you think, well, that takes me like 15 minutes per post and I do that every day. And then you hand it over. It's, you know, as a rule of thumb, I often say to my clients, like allow them three times as long as what it takes you. Because if they're that amazing person that you want them to be where they're going to be highly detailed, they're going to be double checking it, they're going to be checking your tone, they're going to spend that extra time, make sure the image looks good and blah, blah, blah. And you would be going through it in a slightly more risk-taking, dismissive way because you can just do it so much more easier because it's your voice. You've been doing it for ages. You know the brand fonts. You know blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So that can often lead to friction yes. in a relationship with a new person if you're being unrealistic and it can, it can feel to you as the entrepreneur as them not loving your business. And it's actually no one's fault other than you're operating at this level of unawareness that you need to invite yourself to drop down into the, well, what are all the steps that are involved here? And and even asking through the interview process, how long does this normally take you? Do you get faster over time? What do you think it'll look like? And just exploring how the working relationship might work together at the interview stage in itself sets the relationship up for success as opposed to great you're a social media person you can do all the things let's bring you on board you know not really much of an interview just a quick wham bam in you go start doing it you also haven't established a great flow of conversation through exploring how do you like to work and what does it look like for you and what Mm. do you need from me and what's usually involved and how long does that take you because you want to have really great realistic expectations of the person who's joining a business but you only know what you know so exploring that through that engagement process as well and deciding what am I comfortable with her taking 45 minutes on a social post. Hmm, I am, I'm not. I need to ask some more questions to understand that because it currently takes me 15, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I love that we've kind of like organically stumbled in this space. And what I have found is even though I've done it on the other side and it's, you know, I'm highly detail eight on the fact finder, want to make sure I get things right. People pleaser, all of that, but highly efficient. But even that, like it took me longer to do the task than a client would. I find myself sometimes getting frustrated. Like, why is this taking so long? Like this would take me five minutes and having to be like, hold on, that's not realistic. And what I will say is having Katie on my team who has done every step of the process, right? She's built a lot of these processes. She did a lot of VA work and now does way more of the director of operations work. She's able to remind me, actually, this took me a really long time to learn how to do. I got faster over time, but this there's actually a lot of detail in this, like, okay, you're right. And then I'm on to the next thing, right? Even somebody who has an immense amount of awareness around both sides of it, I still get in my role as the visionary and I'm like wanting stuff to bang, bang, bang. So those types of conversations, I feel like are so important because it's like, you turn on the light bulb of awareness around these things that may potentially happen. And then they become a better version of themselves as the CEO, as the visionary of their business. And they have more capacity for understanding the true depth of the roles that people take. So I love that we, I feel like we could have a whole conversation, whole podcast about this. Like this is so, so juicy. It's something that I um, talk to my clients about a lot is having a mindset or a thought process of curiosity rather than Mm. curiosity. Yes. And I do it right now, even with my virtual assistant, as you were saying that, again, hugely detailed orientated person who supports people to hire all the time. I still underestimate how long things are going to take. And one of the ways that I 
work with myself through that is by constantly asking my VA, my amazing VA Mel, so how long did that take you? How long did that take you? And what I've done is I've set up a relationship with her whereby she understands that those questions come from a curious place, not from a, how long did that take you? Because it feels like it took too long place. I'm always just saying to her, so for example, one of the things that we've done is we've just pulled back show notes for my podcast, from my podcast editor to now my virtual assistant doing it, just because the, the tone wasn't quite right for us and she's used to doing writing for me and so we're exploring that. So the first time that she actually did some show notes, I said to her, how long did that take you? And because we set our relationship up well through the engagement process and I let her know what I'm like as a leader I'm going to ask you lots of questions and if I've ever got a problem with you or what you're doing I'll always let you know that so you don't need to try and read that into any of my questions Mm -hmm. that I'm ever asking you so the first time you know she did the podcast show notes I said to her how long did that take you out of interest and you know what was your process to go through and do it and you know what would be the amount of time that you'd be allocating to that going forward and we could have this lovely open conversation about it because I came at it from curiosity rather than yes. anything else and we set our relationship up that way so when you're in that hiring and in, in bringing somebody on phase you absolutely need to start with an opinion I guess in your own of well how long should this take but then explore that with the other person how long do you think this would take? How long does this normally take? How long does it take up front? And then does it change, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my gosh. That like took me back to a story in my OBM days, but those are my favorite clients. The clients like you that communicated how they communicated and expected communication to flow and what it looked like as the leader of the business. Right. And a perfect example was one of my favorite clients. He's a dear friend. Now he was somebody who liked to have information, but a very short chunk of it. And so he may have asked a question just like that. Like, how long did that take you? And what was your process? Probably wouldn't have asked the process. How long did that take you? And I would have said, oh, that took me 45 minutes and here's what I did. And I'm thinking that next time it's only going to take me this time because I wanted to explain away my worth to him, right? That's how I was like validating all the things I was doing. And so he communicated to me in a level 10 meeting. I want to share a little bit more about how much I trust you. And I only desire a tiny bit of information to the point where it explained to me, he would ask a question and I would answer and he would give me a thumbs up on Slack. And to me, before I understood that the thumbs up was like getting the middle finger. It was dismissive and didn't feel good. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's mad at me. And then I would think about how I answered. And really he was like, awesome. All I needed to do moving on. But if you don't have the conversation you leave the service provider to be desiring to make you happy as the visionary and as the leader. And they're probably in some type of a spiral of what did they actually mean by that? But doing what you were explaining, Paula, and saying, listen, I will always tell you, so there's no need to make inferences. Like that's so helpful. So like that right there is gold. Listen, if you're hiring a team member or you have a team, make sure you communicate these things because they will thank you from their heart, maybe not verbally, but like it will make a difference. So I'm so glad you brought that up. And I mean, it's so interesting because one of my clients, actually what we worked out about her before she hired was that when she's not feeling supported, she starts doing all the things, like starts Mm -hmm. doing everybody else's job for them. And so when she hired her OBM, she actually said, I'm not great at communicating when things are feeling icky. So if you see me suddenly start doing all the things late at night and sending you emails with, oh, you know, I know you're meant to do this, but I've done it, blah, blah, blah. Please take that as a sign to check in and work out and help me dig around and work out what's going wrong. 
So that awareness of self as the entrepreneur is huge. And you don't need to, you don't need to articulate it really well and it doesn't need to be perfect. It's just being, I guess it's brave and authentic leadership going, look, this is what I'm probably like. This is what you might get from me. If I do this, don't let it mean this. If I'll probably do this and this is what I think it might mean, et cetera, et cetera. And laying all that out, again, at that engagement, at that interview time, so that the other person can choose whether that feels good to them as well and choose to opt in, or if it doesn't feel good to them, choose to opt out. Yes. I think that that is, again, another priceless nugget that's just like absolute gold, absolute gold. So with these kind of two different ICAs that I talked about that, you know, I'm hitting six figures, but it's just starting to gain momentum. And then the person that's like, I'm on my way. What does it look like would you help those people? Is it a very different approach? Is it the same approach? Talk to my audience about how you can help them with hiring. Like what does that process look like? The approach is the same, regardless of where you're at in your business. And I talk about the three C's to successful hiring, clarity, confidence, and commitment. So clarity being that awareness of what your business actually needs what you need, what you're handing over and getting really detailed and specific about that. So that's not, I need somebody to help me with socials. It's actually, I need someone who will write the content, create the, mm. create the image that, you know, really dropping into that detail. Or I need somebody, yeah. yeah. I need somebody who can come in and support me, set up my active campaign or do my tagging or create a funnel, or it can be granular without without you understanding the steps either. I need somebody who can help me set up my new membership program and, and do everything from end to end, including, you know, the customer experience and the set up the portal. Like it, mm-hmm. But it needs to be specific. So clarity and also that clarity pieces are also around clarity about what you're like as a leader, yes. what you're like to work with and therefore how the right person needs to want to work to match you. So clarity, the biggest C at the beginning. The second C being confidence so that how, how you run an interview that feels relaxed and casual and reflects the way most of us like to work, but also is a true assessment of if the person is going to be right for you, if their you know, business vision, if their personal goals match your companies, and if they truly bring the skills and experience to the table that you're looking for, and if they want to work in the way that will suit you. So that's second C. And then the third C being commitment. So You can't be committed to somebody if you're not confident that they're right. You can't be confident that they're right if you're not clear on who you're looking for. So that third C is almost a result of the first two. It's about going all in with your new person, backing yourself, backing your decision, clearing whatever time you need to in your diary to invest in spending time with them, to give them the information that they need to set you both up for the most successful relationship possible. So regardless of what type of person you are, if you're looking to add another person into your business, you know, your cash flows there, you need to follow that process. And if you're hiring your first person and you want to get it right and not try and unwind it or untangle it down the track, that's the hiring process that I I teach people. Oh, I love that. And do you do the full service? Like, do you also help with sourcing the the right fit team member or is it getting them to the point where then they're clear on who it is and they go and find them? My service is teaching how to hire the right people for your business because I truly believe, like I in my past life, I've absolutely done the full solution where I've found mm-hmm. the person and handed them over. And whilst that was right for some people, what it didn't do 
is because people's lives change. You might find this amazing person for your business and for whatever reason, they might move across the, the country with their military husband. There might be all sorts of reasons <laughs> why they might need to leave your business. And if you haven't learned how to find great people yourself, then you're back at square one. So I actually teach the process. So I arm you with the process, with all the tools so that you can run that process mm. in your business time and time and time again. And you can apply it to every height. It can be a virtual assistant, it can be OBM, it can be a director of operations, it can be your social media. It might eventually be the general manager, the CEO that you right. hire in to take over your business. I tell you where you can find the person as part okay. of learning the process, but I don't actually hand you the person. I love it. Thanks for clarifying that. Oh man, this has been so good. And I think that there's going to be a phase two to this conversation because there's so much that we just didn't get a chance to dive into, but I love it. This is going to give my audience some great food for thought. And I know that they're going to be dying to consume more of the knowledge that you have to share. So where can they find you? Where do you like to hang out and tell us where to find more of you? Absolutely. So I love to hang out over on Instagram and my handle is Paula Maidens Consulting. So come and say hello over there. Feel free to send me a direct message. I love chatting to people and it's definitely me in my DMs. <laughs> um, and if you are interested or if you're on the precipice of hiring either your next person or your first person, spend a little bit of time in that awareness of self space. And you can do that. I've created a little quiz, which gives you a bit of insight into your leadership style. So go Ooh. and check that out. And you can find that at paulamains.com forward slash quiz. Okay. And it's like a two or three minute quiz. It asks you a bunch of questions, but it's about how you like to work and how you like to work with other people. And you get a result from that quiz and a suggestion of the type of person that you want to hire next based on your style of leadership. So it's awesome. Go check it out. And that's a great way to sort of get that little awareness of self happening. Fantastic. Okay. We'll definitely link this in the show notes, Paula Maidens forward slash quiz, because I think that that is such a juicy sounding tool. Thank you, my friend. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you all for tuning in. We will be right back here next week on Monday with another episode. And as always, if you have questions, if this podcast was fun to listen to, it turned on a light bulb moment, let me know, pop into our DMs. We really, really would love to hear from you. So thank you so, so much. And I'm sure I'll be talking to you very soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you're looking to join a community of female entrepreneurs focused on the growth of their online business, be sure to check out the Uplevel Lounge community on Facebook. As always, you can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at melissafrolick.com. See you here next week.